0: With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com.
2: A new head coach and boy genius, Mike McDaniel? The fastest cheetah to ever roam the football field? And an actual left tackle? Let me check your pulse if you're not fired up. Before we jump into a fresh episode of FinSider Radio, Jake and Josh want you to please, please, please hit that subscribe button if you haven't yet. Subscribing to the show is the best way to know when Jake and Josh have something cooking in the kitchen itunes spotify it doesn't matter following helps others find the show and we want to thank you for that now let's talk some dolphins Welcome in again to a brand new episode of Finsider Radio. This is the Jake and Josh show. Thank you so, so much for joining us today. And we are going to get started talking about the second week of OTAs. We're going to have a little bit of Tua talk. We're going to talk a little bit about the San Francisco 49ers, Mike McDaniel's previous team. But before we get into all that jazz, I got to welcome in the one, the only Joshua Howitz. Josh, it's been a long weekend. We're having a little fun, but more importantly, we're another week closer to Sunday's uh, having dolphins on Sunday, a little football action.
1: Yeah, man, I cannot wait until meaningful football games are back in our life, but right now, man, all we have are the, it's OTAs. We're through a second week. Many camps are approaching, but all anybody wants to talk about right now, Jake is that orange practice Jersey. What are your thoughts, man?
2: I uh, thought, biggest thought is you're hoping that it's a regular season jersey more than a practice jersey right because those things look sick and i can just imagine that uh, mike mcdaniel has an entire walk-in closet that is just full of everyone's orange jerseys. so he has them ready to go uh but josh this seems kind of different kind of unique based on what we've seen the last couple of years where it was business as usual for the dolphins under brian flores i think there was a was there a wall one year with that the,
1: the tnt the wall TNT yeah wall? when you, what, you were messed up on a rep or something, you had to run to this wall and it was supposed to what teach no talent or something like that. Right. I, I don't know how that worked out, at least offensively.
2: So instead of having a wall, we're doing jerseys this year. And Josh based on our, you know, investigative reporting here, we have a handful of people who have already, you know, worn the Jersey. We have Jalen Phillips, Tua Tagovailoa, Zach Sealer, Robert Hunt, and Christian Wilkins. Those are a little bit out of order. Uh, but Man, you look at that. Those are all players, you know, in their second, third year. I guess Christian Wilkins is kind of the exception. You know, he just signed his fifth-year option. He's probably going to be hopefully one of the foundations for the team long-term. But, I mean, I got two questions for you off this, I guess. What are your thoughts on doing this? Um, I don't know, man. I don't want this to come off the side of the roof. Wrong way, but like a college type atmosphere where you're hooking people. I think you mentioned before once we were talking was the turnover chain. This kind of sound like that just kind of giving someone the spotlight. I know as a result of getting these orange jerseys, uh, you also get to pick the music for the day. Uh, But on top of what you think about this whole process, what do you think about the players who have received them so far?
1: Yeah, well, first, it's funny you brought that up because we did try to record this podcast, what, almost a week ago, and we talked about that. So we didn't officially talk about that on the air, but that is exactly what this felt like. You know, the college players wearing the chain around their neck after a turnover. Some of them carry a sledgehammer or whatever, some of the crazy things. But um, I think Mike McDaniel mentioned it best at his press conference. This started to come about because he was getting some slack for the playlist. Um, It's a way, you know, to build up that player, you know, build confidence in those players, like you mentioned, a lot of these young guys, but I guess a lot of it had to do with the playlist, and he said, you know, if you want, if you have an issue with the playlist, become the DJ, so it's become this nice thing, we love to sit here and talk about it, Jake, but um, I'm not going to put too much stock into it, but I am going to put too much stock into those coaches wearing a lot more orange on the sidelines, I mean, I think you might be onto something, man, we might finally get to see those throwbacks, because I'm sure Patrick Sertan and Sam Madison remember wearing them, right, I mean, those jerseys belong at least in South Florida, so um, I, I like this, I think it's a shows you the type of head coach Mike McDaniel is and the way that times are changing in the NFL. I, I guess I have to ask you, Jake, which of these players uh, gets you the most excited on this list that they got that orange Jersey, you know, yes, it's they're in shorts, you know, the helmets pads really haven't come on, but um, you, looking over these names of players. I mean, which guy truly stands out to you?
2: Uh, there's two, and I, I like to think of this man that uh, what the first couple of days of practice that what there was too much, some 41 and modest mouse coming off them like McDaniel playlist, uh, where they had to make a change. But but the two that really stick out to me are uh Jalen Phillips and, and uh actually Robert Hunt. The idea, man, if, if you could imagine that the Dolphins have a good offensive line, picture this uh, unique world where the Dolphins actually developed a, an offensive line that makes sense and. You know, you sign Connor Williams, you sign Teron Armstead. You're hoping Michael Dieter grows a beard. But to have Robert Hunt on that right side, just kind of being that solidified piece that, hey, we actually drafted someone, we actually developed someone who has had to play a couple di- uh, a couple different positions, but to have him settle in, I don't know. We could have the long heated debate of if he's going to be right guard or right tackle, but have him be one of those leaders on the offensive line. I think that'd be an exciting, you know, development this offseason. And then, man, Jalen Phillips, we saw how I think it was the last six, last eight games of the season, he really started to turn things on. Uh, we joke that his number already up there in the rafters. But, I mean, you drafted this guy in the first round. I mean, you kind of give uh, – you downgrade what we think about these first-round picks a little bit just because the Dolphins had so many. But you're expecting Jalen Phillips to be one of these premier top-tier pass rushers, and we really started to see that at the end of last season. Uh, just so, to see him kind of build on the momentum is very nice to see. Whatever it means to get an orange jersey, of course.
1: Yeah, I mean, to these players, it probably means the world. And I'm looking over this list. I mean, this is truly the core. I mean, some of these guys, this is the core, you know, All the it, trenches. a lot of, you know, what becomes of this Miami Dolphins unit relies on his shoulders. I mean, i love to see here and say Tua Valoa, but I mean, you'd hope that Tua goes out there, you know, has those flashy days that make you realize why you drafted him fifth overall. So I'm not too surprised by him. I would have went with Robert Hunt too, Jake. I mean, that's the guy that stands out to me. I mean, we already knew he was probably one of the Miami's best offense, if not Miami's best offensive linemen. I guess that was before Teron Armstead came to town. But, um, you know, we kind of expected Robert to going into this season being that consistency at right guard. So um, I'm not too surprised, but I was stoked to see his name on this list. Uh, someone joked Christian Wilkins probably only made the list because he scored a touchdown in practice. So, um, <laughs> again, man, a lot of my favorite players on this list, but uh, Jalen Phillips and Tua Tagovailoa, I mean, those were two players that we kind of expected and at least hoped to see, um, especially Jalen Phillips, man. You mentioned it. he's already in the ring of honor and uh, the sky's limit. It looks like he took offense to last season, not being able to be out there all three downs and, and do some of the things he did. So. Uh, dude this team's hungry they're young and again a lot of their success relies on these players getting those orange jerseys which we hope to see on a thursday night game
2: look at us doing exactly what everyone else in the media does we are disrespecting zach sealer here josh we you know most underrated player him. on the
1: team in you football know,
2: where they where you ever you can park an rv you know zach sealer is going to be there and i, I kind of want to sit and, and chat about him for a second because very versatile player man his ability to his ability to pressure of the passers as long as stop the run is a very strong, strong combination to have with the duo like Christian Wilkins and Raquan Davis. But man, when you look at how the dolphins are going to try to change things up from a year ago, I mean, they still weren't great at stopping the run. Where do you see that happening? Because you look at how these snaps were cut up between the dolphins. Uh, Christian Wilkins played 65% of defensive snaps. And also man, he played 0.69% of all offensive snaps too. Don't don't forget to keep that uh, in the back nice, of your head. Nice. Nice. <laughs> he played all 17 games and the same thing was true for Zach Sealer, uh who played 46% of the time. And I think Josh, one of the big things that, you know, people like to ask when we talk about Zach Sealer is are the Dolphins using him now? is he on the field enough is, you know, seeing him out there less than half the time at 46% enough. Uh, but then you kind of put it in the perspective of someone like Raquan Davis, who might've played three less games than Steeler, but he also played 37% of the snaps uh, for the dolphins last year. And then, you know, when you think about that rotation, the one that really stood out to me, Adam Butler, Josh, he played 43, excuse me, 53% of the time played in all 17 games. So you look at what they have is Christian Wilkins as that, Raekwon Davis as that Zach Sealer group kind of builds together is Sealer? Does he have a bigger, uh, you know, workload than we're seeing? Is he been underrated? Would you say, or has he been more of just that opportunistic player who can take advantage of being, you know, a little more well-rested than maybe some of the offensive line he's going against.
1: Yeah, I think it's a little bit of both, man. And I think you have it written down here, this killer trio with Christian Wilkins, Raekwon Davis and Zach Sealer. I mean, that is going to be one of the, you know, best, trio right uh, group in all of football but man I think the thing with Zach Steeler is I think we mentioned on this podcast that we ended up nuking that if he gets those more reps, is he going to be as successful? You know, is he going to be as hungry and, you know, ready to just jump into those games and make the most of his opportunities. So um, I think you need to continue to use him in the role that he's in. I think when we looked it up last time, Jake, I think I compared the stats Zach Sealer had 62 tackles last year, you know, played 46% of the time opposed to Adam Butler played 53% of the time. And only I think had like 17 total tackles. So when Zach Sealer's out there, man, he's productive. He's taking on double teams. You know, he's getting into the backfield causing disruptions. So I think I'm going to continue to say he's the most underrated player in all of football. But that's just, you know, the fact that he's interacted with me on Twitter. He can wrestle alligators. And um, honestly, dude, we've been on the Zach Sealer train since the Dolphins picked him up. I think he was one of our first book clubs that we did to see the way he's grown. Um, I'm happy that he's part of the Miami Dolphins.
2: You just checked all the boxes. I mean, once when someone's wrestling alligators, there isn't really much more you could really ask for. When, especially when you're talking about a defensive lineman. Josh, to transition here, man, this this was a quote. We had Tyreek Hill, who is really developed into the perfect, uh, you know, PR guy for Tua. It started with, you know, I'm excited to play with him. I think he's a pretty good quarterback. Now he's going down the list of, you know, he's the greatest quarterback of all time. He can make all the throws, which, I mean, you're supposed to support your guy. You're supposed to hype him up, but it's just kind of been fun to see him get asked about Tua so often and how his answers developed over time. And Cameron Wolf, man, he threw out a, a pretty funny tweet about Tyreek Hill talking about Tua. He said, Tua actually has one of the prettiest balls I've ever caught in my life. Tua is an accurate QB. So Josh, can, can you share, can you kind of explain this a little bit more? Right. Would you rather talk about Tua being a very accurate QB or do you want to talk about his pretty balls? It's your choice.
1: Yeah, I thought you were going to have me on to be the expert to talk about his pretty balls. I have nothing to I mean, say you about are. To his pretty balls. <laughs> I think that, you know, in some of those videos we see, I mean, immediately fans are dissecting those spirals. So. Um, I think this is just Tyree Kill being the perfect vet, right? I mean, I think a lot of the stigma around Tyree Kill—you know, these playmaking wide receivers—they can be divas. And ever since he's got here, man, he said all the right things. He talked about, you know, instilling confidence into and trying to build up his quarterback. So he's saying all the right things, man. You mentioned him being asked about Tyre or about Tua Tungavalo, but uh, at one point in his press conference, he was just talked asked about the team, and the first thing he said was he was excited about Tua. So <laughs> he's definitely going full spin zone here, man. But um, as long as Tua can take it, you know advantage of even a little bit of that speed and what type of playmaker Tyree kill is. You know, the sky is the limit. And that's exactly what Tyree Tyree kill said. I'm very confident in my quarterback. The sky is the limit for that guy. Heck of a talent has crazy arm strength and arm talent. And Jake, just to go one step further, I don't know if you saw that quote going around, but I guess it might have been Patrick Mahomes' rookie year, but they asked Tyree Kill on one of the shows about his thoughts on Patrick Mahomes at first in camp. And he was like, dude, this guy, uh, he's he's garbage. I can't believe they drafted him first. (laughs) So Dolphin fans are already on this thing. You know, he already has better feelings for Tua than he did when Patrick Mahomes was a rookie. So, um, dude, this is exactly what you love to see. But again, it's training camp, and we've got duped so many times before, but... We haven't had Tyree kill before we haven't had Jalen Waddle before, and we haven't had Mike McDaniel before.
2: I got to ask, do you think that Tyree kill is going to go down as like a Mike Tannenbaum bad version of like talent evaluator? He's like, yo, Patrick Mahomes sucks, but this guy too is the real deal. That'd be so bad. If that's T- how it goes. T- I'm not going to
1: think like that. Tannenbaum, all- Tannenbaum did like Justin Herbert. So he's going to live off that for the rest of his life. I mean, he had Mark, well, drafted Mark Sanchez, all the misses he's had, but he did like Justin Herbert. So he's going to take that to the grave
2: with him. Justin Herbert and Jay Cutler don't forget he spent 10, Ooh, $10 million dollars on Jay Cutler. Oh nah, man.
0: <laughs> this is advertiser content brought to you by Frito-Lay.
1: Hello, I'm Chip Murphy, here to get you ready for the big tournament.
0: Tonight we'll break down We break down who will be cutting cut What are you two doing? Sorry, Chip. Prez here got his feathers ruffled when I told him Ruffles has zero chance of winning the title.
1: Just go to fritole No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends 4 2023. Void wherever hit Here's worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chess. See official rules at fritole But to
2: go back and pull this back to the guys who are currently on the team, Josh, I'm curious to see how this goes because what the Dolphins had last year was an offense that loved to throw the football. Um We spent a lot of podcasts talking about we're not really sure what's happening with this uh, George Godsey led offense. There was just Seemed like too many different, you know, hands in the kitchen trying to stir the same pot. Uh the Dolphins passed the ball, uh the 10th most in the NFL. They were very focused on getting the ball out quick. They didn't like to run the football. Uh they passed on first down. Let me see here. I have the stat early downs, pass percentage, Josh. They were fifth. They like to get the ball out, attack everywhere on the field. Uh um, And that, as a result, had someone like Jalen Waddell have an incredible rookie year. He broke a couple rookie records. His 140 targets uh, was a rookie record as well. But you look at what the Dolphins tried to do this offseason. You bring in the offensive linemen like the Teron Arms said, the, the Connor Williams. But then you make such a big deal to bring in someone like Tyree Kill, who was a complete absolute target monster last year. 159 targets. It was a career high. So you have two guys, man, that accounted for 300 targets last year in Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill. What's going to be different this year when you think about the fact that, hey, Mike McDaniel, the offense they ran and San Francisco, their early down pass percentage just was 30th. Their plays per game were 27th. Their passes per game were 29th. When you kind of look at those numbers next to the 300 targets required for Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill, where's that middle ground?
1: Wow, man, uh, that that's uh, that's a great question. I mean, the, the biggest thing that I guess I continue to think about when the Dolphins have brought in this 49er system is how much they love to run the football. And you're seeing the way they're building this team. And you're right, man, that's a lot of targets and a lot of mouths to feed. I have vacated targets from last season, Jake. 73 from Devontae Parker, 39 from Wilson, 28 from Hollins. That's 140 plus. Then we mentioned 140 to Jalen Wallace. That's only 280 targets, you know, that we're trying to feed, what, fit 300 of these two guys? You just pay Tyreek Hill number one wide receiver money. He's the number one paid receiver in all of football. So um, sometimes, Jake, with those players, you know, they want to have that production, meet that price tag. You know, they don't want their peers sitting here saying, why is that guy making that money? So I guess my question to you is, Jake, with all these mouths to feed, you know, you mentioned how run-oriented that 49ers uh, offense is, you know, how little they pass the ball in comparison to the Miami Dolphins, at least on first down, Jake. So do you think at any point, and this was brought up on uh, the Bobby Coran show that I did on ESPN Radio, but Jake, do you think at any point Tyreek Hill or Jalen Waddle could get frustrated with their targets i mean again no at no point tyree kills career has he been frustrated at no point can we even suspect that but again when you're getting paid top one wide receiver money you sometimes want to go out there and be fed the ball force fed the ball and i just don't see any way in hell even if they were to mimic like we mentioned the offense from last season which no one wants to see
2: uh, that is, uh, the, I guess, the concern, you know, when you're talking about a group like this, the Chiefs, they threw the ball 675 times last year. The Dolphins threw it 615. So you just see you're diminishing 60 snaps right there before you bring in the idea that Mike McDaniel is bringing in this brand new offense. And we do like to go back to that group from San Francisco and how much they like to run the football. They like to set the clock. Uh, but Josh, I also go back to Mike McDaniel. One of the first things he said about playing or coaching in Washington was that he did not have a lot of experience doing RPOs, but you bring in our RG three. You like to be able to run the football and pass the football, get that little dynamic going with both talents, the arm strength and the ability to scramble on the ground. And Mike McDaniel, Kyle Shanahan, those guys adjusted. So I'm curious, Josh, do you see this dolphins team still sitting around those 615 uh, opportunities at throwing the football? Because despite the fact that there's a group in San Francisco that love to run the football, I think the skill set we're going to see this year is a little different from that group in San Francisco.
1: Yeah, I think you're right. I think that number, I mean, we mentioned these players and what they can be asked to do. And let's be honest, Jake. I mean, part of this game that we didn't even mention was, you know, everyone wants to find the next Debo Samuel. We didn't even talk about, you know, how many times Tyreek Hill carried the football last year, nine times Mm -hmm. for 96 yards. I mean, Rushing attempts throughout his career, 24 attempts as a rookie was a career high, 17 attempts in 2017, 22 attempts in 2018, then 30 in the last three years combined. So Jake, let me ask you, uh, do you think Tyree Kill is going to see those carries obviously go up in a Mike McDaniel system? And then uh, what do you think about Jalen Waddle, who I think I had written down, maybe only carried the ball two times, but at the same time, man, they do not count those little, you know, when they bring the jet sweep in motion, just kind of dump it off. And those to me are handoffs. I mean, give give Jalen Waddle, give Tyree Kill all of those. If those don't, you know, that that's part of the reason Jalen Waddle had those hundred and four receptions that broke the record, right? I mean, some of those were those little dump offs. But give me your thoughts, man. I'm sorry, I'm spiraling out of control. You mentioned Mike McDaniel, how he utilizes his players. These guys are speed demons,
2: man. You would think that he's gonna give them some more carries in the run game. You are already see the narrative growing a little bit of, oh, no, Mike McDaniels running the ball with Tyreek because, you know, Tua can't throw him the football. I mean, I could have cooked it up right here four months in advance before we see it on Fox Sports first thing in the morning. Uh, But, Josh, I really would not be surprised to see Tyreek Hill's rushing numbers kind of go up a little bit. We saw how I don't want to even. I don't know if easy is the right word, but how simple it was for the offensive staff last year to figure out how to get Jalen Waddell involved with those, you know, lateral passes. We saw him walk into the end zone. You know, he was that great red zone guy that it didn't matter where you put him. He was able to find the open space. So I'm curious to see if they start to do the same thing with Tyree Kill, just for the sake of, Hey, our philosophy is we need to keep that clock going. We want to minimize possessions. If, you know, we get into a game where each team is working with eight, nine uh, possessions a game that's a lot of points you got to score. And we don't know if we can necessarily keep up with that. So you do kind of see that idea of the dolphins bringing the ball to Tyreek kill on the ground to kind of keep the clock moving to get him back closer. I don't know if 24 attempts is, is going to be in that ballpark. Uh, but as someone who averaged averaged 10, you know, Rushes a year over the last three years, I have to think Tyree Kill's number is going to go up a little bit just to get him closer to that target number, even though they weren't be uh, you know, passes through the air.
1: Yeah, I guess that's what I wanted to ask you, Jake. He only had nine touchdowns. And I say only nine touchdowns, you know, like that's not an impressive number to us Dolphin fans from the receiver position, right? Um, in 2021. But is it possible that, you know, we're talking here talking about less targets through the air? Things like that. I think it might be possible for him to score more touchdowns, but still, you know, get less targets. Do you think that's a possibility in this offense? And then we have to discuss, you know, um, Hill ran 53% of the snaps out of the
2: slot, Jake. I mean, just answer the question on the touchdowns, and we'll go into that. I'm sorry. That's a, that's a really good question, Josh. And you think about only nine touchdowns, right? You know, you kind of feel that way in today's NFL to have someone only score nine touchdowns. You're a little frustrated with that, you know? Uh, But Josh, two guys in Miami who have done it since 1991 are Mike Wallace and Chris Chambers uh, to kind of put that into perspective a little bit. Mike Wallace wasn't that bad. Everyone always gives (laughs) him shit. Everyone hates on Mike
1: Wallace. They forget that he's been a touchdown maven. He really was for that team, man. One year, right? Wasn't it a year? I think he had. Yep. He had one bought, good year with the team. I bought his jersey. That was one oh. of my
2: favorite signings.
1: Oh, no. Oh, dude. There are tweets remember, out there.
2: I don't believe them. <laughs> I remember covering the team for cover 32. Then just think about how they figured things out because they got, you know, Ryan Tannehill, the deep threat, you know, Brandon Albert came. In. Oh, man, dude, that was five when years. Steelers,
1: when Steelers fans tell you not to do it and then you're still excited. I mean, all that money. I don't. Thank you. Was, years, it Don, was it Was Don Ponte just... that got
2: us out of that? Whoever yep. got
1: us out of that. Thank you, Chris Angel.
2: and and now she's you know calling four rounds of the NFL draft hating
1: her life she deserves better than that I said she should take (laughs) over Goodell's job but we're we're spying out of control here
2: so you mentioned it Josh I think the most interesting dynamic and it's kind of frustrating because in OTAs a lot of the beat reporters they can't talk about where guys are lining up right they like to keep that you know technique the strategy behind doors you know the the scared NFL coach is always worried about you know another coach trying to get the upper hand on them shout out Bill Belichick um so Josh I think we're gonna have to wait to see in the preseason games how are the Dolphins gonna operate the slot position I mean Tyree Kill you just mentioned it 53 percent of his snaps were out of the slot in 2021 Jalen Waddle another guy you'd like to get him the ball as quick as possible that's someone you line up in the slot Mike Gesicki, you just gave the franchise tag to another guy that likes to line up in the slot you generic Maddie type offense, Josh, you're going to have Cedric Wilson lining up in the slot. So I think this is going to be the most interesting question. And I think it's going to be a lot of fun to see some of the guys who are by that, you know, tra- practice field every day, whether it's tra- Travis Wingfield, whether it's Barry Jackson decoding it somehow, who is going to be that guy in the slot? Because all three of these guys, all four of those guys I just mentioned, actually, are great at that position. So how do you kind of take the benefits of playing in the slot and kind of spread it all over the field in order to have all these guys be successful this year?
1: I really don't know how, you you know, you sit here and divvy it out. I mean, I guess if you're Mike McDaniel, you're sitting here trying to create the best mismatches you can, right? You're looking at who the nickel is on that other team. You're looking at what linebacker could slide out there and end up being one-on-one, you know, versus one of these guys. Uh, you, we mentioned, what was it, 53% of Hill snaps were in a slot, 60.1% of Jalen Wiles were in a slot. He obviously caught those 104 NFL record, rookie receptions, 1,015 yards and six touchdowns. But Cedric Wilson, man, 90% of his snaps came out of the slot. So I think the way I see this, Jake, is Cedric Wilson's going to be that, you know, quote unquote, slot wide receiver. But I think, again, it goes back to this coaching staff loving these versatile players. I mean, they drafted Eric Ucoma, I mean, he can sit there and go into the slot. He can play on the outside a little bit. So um, it's Mike McDaniel's Madden ultimate team, man, and he can do whatever he wants with it. So uh, <laughs> I think, you know, if I had to sit here and say, who's the slot wide receiver, I'd say Cedric Wilson, but any of these guys can line up in a slot. And then you got Lin Bowden, you know, who can forget Lin Bowden? Uh, you mentioned Mike Kosicki. So um, I wish they could all play in a slot. Right. I think I saw one of the PFF guys had like a uh, college football play where three receivers were lined up behind each other. And he's like Cedric Wilson, uh, Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill all trying to play in a slot. And I was like, damn, I wish I was one of those accounts. I could just steal someone's tweet and take that because uh, not enough
2: people saw it. Dude, that, that that's funny. I could have. That's what they're going to do. You have them all just run in different directions. And then good luck trying to keep up with them. Yeah, you know, I wonder if they're just going to all put, you know, name tags on each and every position, just be like, you're a slot receiver, you're a slot receiver, and just kind of hope it works out. You know, slots of mindset, Josh, it's not a real position.
1: Yeah, that's, that's, uh, it's a place on the field, I think. Is that what Brian Flores said something like that? Jake, I have to ask you, you're sitting here talking about coaches being all discreet with, you know, practice tape and things like that. Did you see defensive back uh, Keon Cross and I think is how you pronounce his name posted on Instagram. I think it was two players. One was to uh, um, you know, Dolphins Twitter, man, was already dissecting this route here. I mean, there were three uh, Ezukoma went in motion, came over to the side. There was three bunch there, and then uh, there was a route that went out to the sideline that I guess two, it did didn't throw it to, and Dolphins Twitter was losing their mind, but he put this ball uh, between two safeties, but I did look right away, deleted. It got deleted right away, so I don't know if you remember Bryce Butler, but he ended up getting uh, cut, I think, after he posted something similar, so uh, that was a long-winded way of asking if you saw this and if you think he's next on the chopping block.
2: This is so, dude, I love these highlights. It's, I love it's May, right? It's not
1: even June. What, what are we doing oh, here? God.
2: What are we doing here is right, because I want to see this stuff. I don't want to get mad about it or freak out over to it, throwing a wobbly football. I just kind of want to see it. I want to pretend I'm there seeing what they're doing. This is practice, man. This is not a game. This is practice. Why are we so riled up? Why is this the situation we're in? Josh, the Dolphins have made so many sick moves. They signed three new wide receivers. Josh, they signed three new running backs. They signed two new wide receivers. They signed two new offensive linemen. And we're sitting here talking about why Tua isn't throwing an out route in May. This is absolutely ridiculous. I, I don't know how to kind of spin zone that in a good way. It's a little bananas.
1: And that's just where we're at. Right. I mean, at this point, Dolphins Twitter is not going to be happy without a uh, guest Dolphin fans. I should stop saying Dolphins Twitter won't be happy unless, you know, they make the playoffs and get to the ASC championship game and all this crazy stuff happens. Jake, we we're talking about being mad before we wrap it up. I had I ended up going and writing an article about it, but I don't know if you saw it, but the Falcons posted an image. Of their lockdown corner, 23 year old AJ Terrell. They put that he shut down these, you know, list of wide receivers. And Jalen Waddle was on there. And someone DM'd me, like, yo, Houts, can you show some footage of this? Because he did not cover him at all. So I went to player profile, looked it up. Dude, this dude might have been across from him four times. I mean, they played mostly zone. He was nowhere to be found. And they were spinning this as though he, he uh shut down Jalen Waddle. So I wrote an article about it. I didn't think of a blow up, but it got like 10,000 views, and I felt pretty good. But what the hell are they doing, man? Trying to say they shut down Jalen Waddle. One on one when this dude was you know playing off him for four plays and, and rundowns.
2: <laughs> Isn't that kind of like a badge of honor though? I mean they they have to think like oh Tyree uh Jalen Waddle is such a good wide receiver. We gotta, you know, we had him for four plays, man. That's better than most. And I mean, gotta give them credit, man, to hold down Jalen Waddle for four plays. I think that was one of one of what? Uh wasn't that one of Tua's best games too? Didn't they kind of torch that defense all day long? Yeah,
1: I, I think we lost that game. I remember uh no, I know
2: we lost it. Oh, yeah, no, no, yeah, okay.
1: Yeah, no, they did play pretty good. I think it, had seven, it caught seven of eight catches for 89 yards. So he had a, a pretty decent day. But, yeah, I'm sitting there talking crap, and then I just kept thinking to myself, I hope no one points out the scoreboard. Because uh, Tua went down the field. I think we scored, and we went up, and then they drove down and ended up kicking the field goal to win. And we are getting it. I mean, it's been a while since we talked, so we deserve to get the running out of time notification. Uh, <laughs> so that you, you are poor and use our free our free uh, <laughs> services. So, Um, Yeah, man, June 6th and 7th is when minicamps start. I can't believe we're already here. I guess, um, you know, this season's kind of going along pretty quickly, but June 6th and 7th, I think, is the next time the Dolphins are back and practicing.
2: It's kind of tough, man. Now that the NBA season's over with the Heat getting uh, kicked out last night, I I don't know what I'm going to watch at night. It's a whole, you know, different, different universe.
1: Yeah, and, and that's part of the reason we didn't come on here and do a podcast. I was so – I mean, I'm pretty superstitious, man, with the Dolphins, and I just thought, you know, we didn't do a podcast. The Heat won game six. Everyone was doubting them. We may as well not do one because if they end up, you know, what would happen and then they ended up losing. So it's been a hell of a run for the Heat, though. I mean, I don't really care about basketball, but um, I'm sorry. If that's this, if, if all these South Florida teams losing, is a sacrifice for a Dolphins uh, playoff loss. <laughs> just making the playoffs and losing. I mean, give us this, please, just this one
2: time. Just to get killed by the Ravens in the first round in the freezing cold. That's is all we want. And then, you know, what Stephen Ross is going
1: to do the next offseason with Lamar Jackson after he beats him. He's going to sign him. I'm just kidding. I'm, and de- I'm, I'm deleting that. Someone's going to be like,
2: you hate Tua, you son of a bitch. Dude, the more things change, the more they stay the same. I don't know, man. It, just to kind of ra- wrap it up here, I'm, I'm really interested to see because you have so many moving parts that are all moving in different directions. Uh, Miami Dolphins offense that struggled to find an identity last year. One that was throwing the ball into their own end zone. And now you're bringing in someone like Tyree Kill, who's an absolute target monster, right? Whether it's bombs down the field or whether it's short passes, or if you try to get him involved in the run and you're bringing in a head coach who wants to slice down opportunities. He does not want to see any receiver get targeted 140 times, let alone Tyree kills 160. So I hope we kind of sit on this and I hope, you know, we start to hear from the beat writers where different guys are lining up. Who's Tua looking at first? Because I think whether, you know, you're a Dolphins fan or a fantasy football fan, there's some warning signs about, hey, you know, I think Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddell are going to be great in this offense. But to be great in the offense and have a successful year based upon uh, targets, it's just not going to work out this year, it seems.
1: Yeah. It's going to, there's a mouse mouse song called the fruit that ate itself. And that's going to be them eating each other's targets. I mean, you can't feed both mouths Jake before we wrap it up. I, I have to bring this up Tua's bucket hat. I saw a random t- Twitter uh, said to would throw for 3,700 yards and 32 touchdowns, but he said Jalen Waddle would have 1500 yards receiving and Tyree kill 1800. Um, uh, you do the math, but that would only be 400 yards for everybody else. And and there's no way in hell, 1500, 1, yards. So tell me to a bucket helmet is uh, he's, he's lost his mind, man. <laughs> Let's just go with
2: that because because, you know, we talk about the poofy hats and how terrible people are in the cold. I mean, it's only right that the superpower is the bucket hats and being in like a Hawaiian shirt or something, right? That's where the Dolphins are at their best.
1: Well, that's when that's when he actually underthrew Tyreek Hill and everyone. Seven million people watched. He it still caught he it. Those yards count. <laughs> he did. He did still catch. It. But um, I I don't think thirty seven hundred yards and thirty two touchdowns is out of the realm of possibility. Speaking of realms, Jake, before we wrapped up Stranger Things, have you started it? I need to know. I, I need to convince my wife to watch it. She doesn't, she wasn't ready for it. And I've heard that this season's just banger after banger.
2: This, this has definitely been the best season since season one. I don't know if that's just because I'm watching it. Uh, but it feels the spookiest, too. I, I'm a big, I'm a jumper. You know, I, I startle very easily. And man, this, this season, it really keeps you on your toes. Uh, they play a kiss song, they play some Detroit Rock City, which is always, uh, let's go, you know, Boomer classic that I love to listen to. Uh, but yeah, man, I I suggest if you've muscled through seasons two and three, you should definitely reward yourself with season four because uh, watching two and three were definitely a bad investment because there was not a lot of memorable stuff happening there.
1: No, there wasn't. And we all, you know, snail along through that, just like we're going to hopefully snail along through this offseason. Jake, we know we've been kind of hit nice. or miss here late, as of late, but we're going to try to get back on a schedule. Uh, obviously, you know, with minicamp coming up after that, I think there is a long law before preseason and all that. But, guys, the best way to follow along is to subscribe to the podcast, leave us a review, preferably five-star, and most importantly, follow us on Twitter. Follow Jake at J-M-E-N-D-E-L-94. I am at Houts. H-O-U-T-Z. Thank you guys so much for listening to Jake and Josh show SB Nation's Finsider Radio. I'm Josh Houts. That's Jake Mendel. We'll talk to you next time. Fins up. That was Finsider Radio, part of the Finsider.com and the SB Nation Network.
2: Miami has the
0: Dolphins, the greatest football team. We take the ball from goal to goal like no one's ever seen. We're in the air, we're on the ground, we're always in control. You say Miami, you're talking Super Bowl Cause we're the Miami Dolphins